What's up, guys? It's your boy, Johnny Bananas, and I'll be covering all the treachery, deceit, backstabbing, and murder from season two of The Traders U.S. on my podcast, Death, Taxes, and Bananas. I'll be joined all season by my fellow castmates to swap stories, provide all the behind-the-scenes antics, and sordid details from filming. So sally forth and join me for season two of The Traders every Saturday on the Ringer Reality TV podcast feed. Welcome to Food News. I'm Juliette Littman. And I'm David Jacoby. Let's put 30 minutes on the clock. 30 minutes. We have a real star-studded and UK-themed food news for you today. Great topics across the board today. Great job by our producer. But we will be beginning with where all great stories begin. At the Cheesecake Factory, my Mm -hmm. friends. Page six catches my eye every day, but particularly a few days ago when they ran a story, some exclusive reporting. Yes. It says exclusive at the top. Yes, and it's, it says she spoke to page six from her Bel Air mansion. So it was a one-on-one interview. This was not like we aggregated. We didn't even say with who it was. I know. I was, I was waiting. A tease. Tease. With Kathy Hilton. Yes. She of the box fan. Um, what's the most famous thing about Kathy Hilton to you? Oh, um, Kyle's sister. Yeah, she's Kyle's yeah, sister. Yeah, yeah. I'm the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yeah. Also, the mother of Paris Hilton, um, and married into the the Hilton family. Um, to me, she's the woman who brought a giant box fan with her on the private plane when they went to Tahoe in her first season on a the box show. fan, like the part, the, like the kind you buy in the summer when you don't have AC. Yes. <laughs> Good yeah. for her. She brought it with her. She likes the white noise from it. Oh, I like that too. It was so fucking funny. Um, but they, also, the article says, like, of real Housewives of Beverly Hills fame. I was like, she's on it, but she wasn't, like, ever in the cast. She's a, yeah, she was. She, oh, she was? Yeah. She okay. was a friend of, then she was in it, then she's back to friend of. Now she's gone. She's a breakout star from it, though. Yes. Anyway, this is about how she and her husband, Rick Hilton, uh, the real estate magnate and hotelier, they like to have date night at their favorite restaurant in L.A., the Cheesecake Factory. Okay, that's one way to put it. They like to have date night. What makes takes this over the top of them being the most likable couple in Los Angeles is it's a standing weekly date night, which is a totally <laughs> different thing, Juliet. You totally blew the headline. A standing weekly date night at the same restaurant is a totally different behavior than like, oh, once in a while they like to go to the Cheesecake Factory. Every couple once in a while likes to go to the Cheesecake Factory, but a standing date night at a singular restaurant to me is just so adorable and like in and like you know the little things are the big things that's just relationship goals and the reason why she likes to go is because to quote kathy where else can you get meatloaf and we we report on restaurants and and trends and all this stuff and she's kind of right where else are you getting meatloaf <laughs> it's true meatloaf is not on that many menus no um She had a lot of other great quotes in this article by Evan Real from Page Six. She says, it's local, it's right there and fresh and busy all the time. Actually, you walk in there and there are people. We love that. We don't want to sit in a restaurant with nobody in the room. Great call, Kathy. Great point. No, I've never thought about this before. (laughs) And when I was reading this article and I was like, she's so right. Like... There is something about a quiet, dark, like you hear the like the glasses clinking and the silverware scraping against the plate, kind of a restaurant vibe. You go to Cheesecake, there's kind of always a wait. Somebody's like, it's two o'clock. It's two o'clock on Tuesday. <laughs> like, why do I wait for a table here? You're, and you have 45 tables. It's just good vibes. And she also went on to say this. This is one thing I love the article says. She feels a drowsy ambiance has loomed over Hollywood and its bordering neighborhoods at the start of 2024. 
is, is, I have, you've been to Los Angeles recently. Is is it drowsy? Is that I, a looming drowsiness? I think there might be. I, she's, she's right? You, you know, I went to LA last week and I got um, first class upgrades in both directions. And I was like, where is everyone? Why am I getting this? I never <laughs> yeah, get this. Yeah. <laughs> so First she, of all, shout out to you. That must have been great. It was really. <laughs> yes. It made it so much better. Um, I, I do kind of agree. I also want to note, doesn't say specifically which cheesecake factory no. they're going to, but... The one in Beverly Hills is the original Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, it did mention there was a California institution. I said to myself, huh, I always thought of Cheesecake Factory as like spawn from America. You know what I mean? Just no. like it was just like it's just like a, a pure American creation, not a, a Los Angeles creation. It's the, the first one ever is the one that is wow. still in Beverly Hills. And I used to go by it when I would be in Beverly Hills. All the doctors of LA are in Beverly Hills. So I would like go to the doctor and then like walk around. Oh, and... I thought you meant like the actual doctors themselves. And you're like, oh, so I'd go there looking for oh. doctors. No, like okay. if you need, if you need. Like yes, a, I understand what you mean now. Yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, it's like a, it is like a big presence in Beverly Hills, which also is like inherently sleepy, like except for the weekends, no one's walking around that in Beverly Hills. That is a Hills. good point. So I get it why she wants to go there. It's also, it is like a storied institution and I, I love this. And she also said this, like, she's like, all their food is good. And I went through True. my, I went through the mental Rolodex and I was like, yep, all the food is good. Yeah. I, I very much wonder, like, does she finish her meatloaf? Does she bring half it home? She brings it home. Must be a, just an absolute pile of mashed potatoes that come yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we all know that the portions can, is out of control. You know, I'm, I'm very, very early in my relationship with Cheesecake Factory. You just went for the first time? I've only been, like, three times oh, to wow. the same one in Westchester. So th- I'm very just, like, learning about this. What do you order? What have you gotten so far? Um, one of my takeaways was they have the eye of Sauron is like mm. everywhere in there, mm-hmm. it, and it can't be a coincidence. It's just it looks exactly like the eye of Sauron. Um, everywhere. I, I will say I think that their restaurant predates Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, but <laughs> so. but not Tolkien's. So perhaps yes, they were just yes, really influenced exactly. by Tolkien. Yes, that's what I was thinking as well. <laughs> um, I've had a good time. I was with the kids, just like you know, breads and everything. It's just a, it's a crowd pleaser. Everything's really good. I it's will say like pleaser. their chicken dishes are like. They do stuff with chicken that you would never conscionably do on your own, like just add as oh. much butter and lard. Well, you and know shit. what Rick likes? What's that? Chicken, chicken fettuccine chicken Alfredo. Fettuccine Alfredo. Which, which is also, it's honestly one of the greatest dishes in the world. But like anyone who's health conscious at all would just never order it. I haven't had like an Alfredo dish in a long time, and I love Alfredo sauce. It's too heavy for me, but yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just kind of like, like it's like eating a brick. It's like, yeah, like just like having like a, a, a pint of cream. Yeah. So if someone was just like, if I had a chicken Alfredo, entree and then someone said run a 40 yard dash i'd be like <laughs> like sorry be, i'm gonna like, throw up i'd be like this is gonna be over a minute <laughs> <laughs> i would vomit uh, yes. all right let's move on to another story that i found like genuinely interesting uber acquired drizzly mm. the alcohol delivery service three years ago and they are now shutting it down drizzly is no more but you can still order alcohol through Uber Eats. Yes, yeah, so this is like a very classic um, business thing. Like from mm-hmm. the outside looking in before you read the article, you're like, how do you mess this up? Like your Uber, giant company, making tons of money, expands into like this food delivery market, which is very popping right now. And they've kind of got a foothold in it because everyone's already got the app. And Uber Eats is very convenient in a lot of different ways. Now that you can like grocery shop there, it's, it's convenient as well. And you think, all right, you've got Drizzly. You fold that in. How do you mess it up? Well, you just don't you just don't need it anymore. Well, they never they never like blended the two companies. My guess is they took the 
uh, technology of Drizzly or something or like something proprietary. And then we're like, we don't need this anymore and shut well, it down. They, in the announcement, they said like, like um, Drizzly, which has been operating independently for yeah. three years. That to me is sort of the red flag. I'm like, oh, so you acquired this company to fold it into yours, but you never folded it in. You, you created what they offer yourselves. And next thing you know. Yeah, it's like buying your competition and then shutting it down. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, it's very much that. Yeah. So I have to say, I don't like Drizzly, so I'm okay with it. Why not? I, I just don't think it like really works that well. Also, last time it was used, someone got me a gift, which I really appreciate. And they I had like something delivered. And I was confused because I was getting Uber text updates. I was like, why is Uber texting me about this? Oh. And I didn't know that Uber loved, uh, Uber owned Drizzly. They do not love Drizzly. They own Drizzly. Yes, yes they do. <laughs> they don't love Drizzly because they just killed Drizzly. <laughs> they just killed it. Anyway, I thought that was like genuinely interesting. Yes. Let's move on. Brooklyn Beckham, also an Uber story. Also, a, uh, not just a contributor to like vibes and society as a whole, but we've gotten a lot of content out of Brooklyn Beckham cooking, cooking up stuff in his kitchen. You know, the Beckhams have given me so much. Beckham was one of my favorite shows I've ever seen. And I just like, I'm now obsessed with the Beckham family. So I was delighted when she's on the rundown. Thank you, Mike. Yes. Um, Brooklyn Beckham. The headline and the first paragraph say he has launched... They're also in complete juxtaposition of each other, but continue. (laughs) It says he has launched his first ever pop-up restaurant in London. And then it adds that you can exclusively get the food from the delivery app Uber Eats. So what is a restaurant? Exactly. What is a restaurant? I, I mean, it's like, I'm going to sound like an old guy now, but like, it's not a restaurant. <laughs> Completely A agree. restaurant has a door and chairs. I can enter it. Yes. Yeah, it has an address. <laughs> this is an idea of a restaurant. This is a ghost restaurant. This Literally. is not a restaurant. Literally, it's not a restaurant. Yes. I like really object to the language. I'm glad they're on the same page on this because I, I thought you'd get distracted <laughs> by the Brooklyn Beckham of it no. all. It, this is not a restaurant. There's no, re- literally no restaurant here. It, it's it's, it's just, a concept. It's not a pop up. It didn't pop anywhere. It's unpopped. It's it's just like behind a wall. A fake. It could be anywhere. It could yes. Be in, it could be in his grandma nanny Peggy's Peggy's kitchen. You, if you have a restaurant, you should have three forks. You should have a napkin and plates. Am I crazy? I, I'd venture to say a door that the public can come through. Yeah. I would just say you need a lot more than an Uber delivery. He might yes. have um, some kind of promotion with Uber or like a special. Yes. But this is not a restaurant. It's not a restaurant at all. And once you get past that, I have another big bone to pick with this with this story. Let's hear it. Please look at the picture of the menu items. One of the featured items is the breakfast sandwich from his nanny Peggy. Yeah. Right? Which is significant. Why? Why? Is she famous or something? Uh, I think just like his family is famous. So the fact that it's, you know. So this is the big, this is the big signature item. Now zoom in on on the breakfast sandwich of Nanny Peggy because it is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. It is a huge piece of bread. Not like a sandwich piece of bread. Like, like what I, the size is kind of like what I consider like a rye piece of bread Mm -hmm. that's got that sort of like lima bean shape. You know, know in the grocery store how you can now buy like half a loaf of bread that's like artisan? It's like the biggest piece from the middle of the loaf. Exactly. Yeah, it's like closer to like the size of a car garage than like a piece of bread <laughs> and that and then it's got uh like like layers of ham on the bottom and then it's got sausages halved right halved and placed right next to each other so it looks like two full sausages on top of ham and then one fried egg yeah just sitting on top the fried egg is an afterthought so here's my biggest problem with this i would never ever order something knowingly with a fried egg absolutely not. I don't want it cold. I don't want it overcooked. I don't want it sitting You'd around. You'd order it at a diner, though, if it was hot. 
Yeah, but oh, this is oh, being mean, delivered. Oh, delivery. Okay, you didn't say that part, but got you. Yep. Because yep. It, it's only delivery with Brooklyn Yes, Beckham. I'm sorry. I thought you meant in general. You would never <laughs> order anything with a fried egg. And I was just like, I don't know, Juliet. They're deli- pretty good. Delivery yes, order. okay. <laughs> I would never get this sandwich. I would be so pissed. I would like, there's no way this is coming in the way that Nanny Peggy intended it. Yes. No way at all. And it's, it is like really disgusting looking. And I did like when he was like, you know, Every single person has said this that's ever been in food whatsoever is like, oh, you know, it's a way you connect with your family, blah, blah, blah. But he was like, yeah, me and my dad, like some of my best memories are me and my dad cooking. And I thought, like, like that guy doesn't eat. You know David what I mean? Beckham? Yeah. Or well, he just has like one of those crazy metabolism bodies. He he cooked a lot in, in Beckham. And by a so, lot, I mean in two episodes, two or four. Okay. But he, he does seem to be into food. Into the food? Good. Yeah. He has like this whole, did you watch Beckham? No, I meant to, but my wife got there first. Oh, did she so like I, it? Yeah, she loved it. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. He has this incredible, I looked it up, this like $60,000 outdoor tent man cave. Oh, yeah, yeah, you told me about and this. And it has like this giant stove and he he's like pretty into cooking. He also, he um has chicken, he got chickens for Christmas from Victoria. Mm. Like, you yeah, know. actual chickens. Yeah. He's got eggs and, and fresh eggs and stuff. And he also has bees. Yeah. So he's like, oh, he's yeah. like homesteading and he does, oh, he does God. cook. I love that for He's him. also like very fastidious and cleaning I love people that get kitchen. so famous that they like turn into pilgrims. You yeah, know what he's I mean? like, it's I'm like, going back to the land. Exactly. It's like you've been, you've been catered to for so many decades and you've had all the clothes, all the cars, all the sex, all the mansions that you end up living in like a log cabin in Vermont and like hunting yeah. for elk. Well, the other thing is like, he, I think, primarily lives in Miami, and this um, tent man cave I'm describing to you is in England. So he's oh, probably there when he like, gets there. Special, special time with him in his tent man cave. Yeah, and it's like how how much is he there? Like max six weeks a year, eight weeks a Take year. Under on that, but sure. So like, who's taking care of the chickens most of the time? And like, who? Oh you yeah, know, and that's George, George lives down the street. And makes fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, on Be- in Beckham on Netflix yeah, or yeah. in this article about Brooklyn Beckham, but. If you, I wonder if you gave, has given us so if you much. Gave, here's a question for you. You watch the show. If you yeah. gave David Beckham a beekeeper suit and you're like, go get us some honey from the hive, mm-hmm. would he know how to do it? Yeah. Okay. He's that's in, awesome. He's in the beekeeper suit in he the is? show. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Good yeah. for him. It's good. <laughs> I, I, I would do it, but I'm allergic to bees. Oh, it. you are? Yeah, I am. You're Can't like Thomas J. Jane in uh, My Girl. Yeah, cool. Thanks for um, killing me in the woods. Well, I hope that doesn't happen to you. Me too. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) Next story, also coming to us from England. Um, Very cheeky headline on this from the New York Times. British court answers an eternal question. How much potato does a crisp contain? Now, this is not really what the article is about. Just want to be clear. The potato piece of it is very small, but I actually found this article really interesting. It's a tax story. It's tax season, everybody. It's a tax story. Everybody get your taxes in. Don't wait till the last minute. It's about if a certain kind of crisps in the UK, Papadoms, should qualify as crisps or as their own thing. Because if they're crisps, they should be taxed. And if they are not crisps, they are not taxed. Uh, making a big difference for the company that owns them, Walkers, which is part of the Pepsi company. they decided these are crisps, and yes. I think by any very shallow, cursory look at the product, one would agree. These are yes, crisps. Yes, but it is interesting that the ones that don't have potatoes, because they have a lot of different varieties of these papadoms, the ones that don't have potatoes are not taxed the same because they're not considered snacks. A snack is something that you don't like prepare or need other ingredients for. It's, it comes as, as its individual bag that you're supposed to eat by itself. That gets taxed. But the ones that don't have potatoes... They're like, oh, those are untaxed because they're not potato crisps. You use those to dip in chutneys and whatnot. I was like, wait a second. And then it turns out they do a potato, just much less. Yes. So the answer is any potato in a bite-sized like cracker that you can just shove into your mouth, 
going to be taxed. Is a Ritz a crisp? No, no potato. Um, I believe they call that um, in the UK biscuits or cookies. So I don't know what they just call a cracker. Hmm. Maybe, maybe they call them crackers. Perhaps we need to ask the Maddie Edgel, the most recent re- let's, winner let's, of the Great a, British Bake Off. <laughs> what about Nanny Peggy? <laughs> I'm not sure she's alive. R.I.P. Nanny Interesting Peggy. Thing, it has to be Victoria's mom because her parents are not in the show. And I, I don't believe there are any Peggy's on the show. Okay. What's Peggy, really, what's Peggy okay. short for? Um, Producer Mike, look that one up. I don't Eleanor, know. Eleanor, no? He knows. Oh, Whoa! Pe- Peggy's and Eleanor? Can you, look the, can you confirm that? Whoa! Okay, wow. I've got, I've got a niece named Eleanor. Uh, oh, it's my oh, no, it's, it's Margaret. It's Margaret. Oh, Peggy's okay. from Margaret. Huh. <sighs> interesting. Oh, on the crown, on food news. Princess Margaret was Margot. So interesting. Oh, you also, I have a daughter you, named Margot. You have a Margot. Yes. <laughs> All right, next. Um, This is like really making a lot of waves this week. So, an American professor wrote a book about tea and the perfect tea. Mm-hmm. And she, in her article, her, her book, recommended that the perfect tea has a squeeze of lemon and salt. <laughs> her name is Michelle Francel, Frankel. It's spelled F-R-A-N-C-L. I think that's probably Frankel. <laughs> Hit her up on Twitter <laughs> with your thoughts. <laughs> She's a chemistry professor at Bryn Mawr College. Um, do they, do, are they allowed to like take her professordom? Is this like, is that is well, it that, that level of a violation? I think the violation is that she might never be allowed into the United Kingdom ever. <laughs> I think ever that's again fair. <laughs> because uh, Americans in the UK are pissed as well. They said to her, or they, the US Embassy tweeted today, today's media reports of an American professor's recipe for the quote, perfect close quote, cup of tea has landed our special bond with the United Kingdom in hot water. Tea is the elixir of camaraderie, a sacred bond that unites our nations, blah, blah, blah. Let us unite in our steep solidarity and show the world that when when it comes to tea, we stand as one. The U.S. Embassy will continue to make tea in the proper way by microwaving it. See, zing! I like this. I like the finish. I like the whole yeah. way it was written and everything. But I, I honestly don't. I think that the tone was a little presumptuous. Oh, interesting. I don't think we stand side by side with the U.K. when it comes to tea. I think we are very much their tea little brother. I feel oh. like this is like someone from the U.K. telling me about like a, the Tampa two defense. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like it's like oh, is, are they playing quarters or safety high? It's like no, no, no. You guys are the, you're the tea creators. We have a long history with tea. We'll take your you guys take the lead on tea. That's how I feel about it. I agree. Um, also, the British, you know, it's like pea colonialism. They didn't invent tea, but they actually they own tea. We mm. don't. We don't want to be part of that. You know, like we just yeah, stick to sports. Uh, we like tea, I, I guess. But like, I also respect the fact that it's from Asia. It's not from <laughs> oh, oh, the Kingdom, Juliet. <laughs> I'm just saying. Wow. Yeah, I just think that needs to be clear. Understand? I, I think that UT is global. I think people have been putting leaves in water and then drinking it, sort of like around the world. I think it's like a fact that the UK, as part of their empire, like basically like co-opted tea from oh. India and China, basically. Yeah, that's that tracks. So that tracks. I'm just. I mean, if we're gonna like fight over who owns tea. It's not us. It's not you. Not me. But also, yeah, it's not you either. Yes. Just, just <laughs> when I said not clear. you, I wasn't talking about you. <laughs> I was talking about the UK. The the They put the U in the UK. All right. Let's move on. We have time for one more story. Oh, well, let's do Reese. Okay. Let's do Reese. Reese Witherspoon. Wait, before you move on. I'm sorry to interrupt. But yeah. This is important. What are your like, general thoughts on Reese Witherspoon? Um... Medium. I'm just like, oh, I'm, I'm, like in. I'm like tepid on her. I like her. I, I like know. her a lot. I, I have, like I like Dax. Dax Shepard. She's not married to him. That's not her. That's Kristen Bell. Oh, then I'm out. 
They're different people? They are. I thought that was Dax's voice in the background of the video. No. Oh, screw Reese Witherspoon then. <laughs> I love Kristen Bell. I wish Kristen Bell ate some snow this weekend. It's funny you say that. Kristen Bell is probably the most famous for her voice at this point because she plays Anna in Frozen. Yeah. Um, she's also on the great show, The Good Place. Uh, and that's She's married just, to Dax Shepard. Yeah, she's married to Dax Shepard. And that. But like... That's just really funny to me because her voice is like very famous. I thought they were the, I thought I, I, you know, I'm not good at like actors and actresses and identifying them. I really thought this was the Dax, <laughs> the sloth video. You've seen that one from Ellen. Yeah, that's from oh, Kristen Bell. Yeah, I made, I'm, I'm in love with Kristen Bell forever because of that video and her love of sloth. For the first time in forever. Yeah. Oh, I know all those songs. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Frozen, Do you have kids? First of all, Frozen 2 sucks. Didn't see sucks. it. Sucks. Didn't see it. Don't see it. It's, it's awful. It's like, honestly, there's like a parody of Frozen 1. I liked one. one song from it that Jonathan Groff sings, but. Frozen Frozen 1, the difference between Frozen 1 and Frozen 2 is like, what What are you guys doing? But we can, we'll do that in our Personal movie Personal side the big story, picture with, with, when, I, when I lived in LA, the small picture with Juliet and David. Yeah, exactly. um, when I lived in LA, I just like happened to be on, on Hollywood Boulevard one night and there was like all this Ten like fake minutes. snow all around. And it turned out to be the Frozen premiere. And I'm just like, wow, I witnessed history. The launching of one of the biggest franchises of all time. And I, yeah. did, I didn't even know it. That they ruined. Um, okay. Reese Witherspoon was in snow. Like, she has a bunch. She, she primarily lives in L.A. Yeah, where was this? I think this was in Nashville. There's been, oh, like, okay. a lot of, or, like, in the yeah, yeah. Tennessee area. Yep. She's from the South. Yeah. And there's been, like, She's the one that got the UI out there and did the whole, like, that you was know, in, who I am in thing. In Georgia, yeah, but yeah, that was her. her. Yep. Um, she then got two mugfuls of snow. Yeah. And then there's a jump cut forward and she's then um, using snow to make beverage inside her home. Then the beverage is, is chocolate syrup, uh, salted caramel syrup, and then some cold brew. And cold brew and then some snow. Yeah. Um, and people were freaking out about the hygiene about this. My take is I don't believe she really was using snow from outside. Oh, God, Juliet. <laughs> what, I, what? I don't know. I just like, that's That's really... It looked too perfect. Like, I saw her scoop she, it. She scooped it off the car. You I know. think that was just, like, dummy snow? That was, like, a snow double? I, I just felt the whole thing was really staged. Okay, uh, I don't uh, believe in this. A couple things. First of all, I mean, I, I mean, that's, that's like, Santa Claus isn't real. Like, I don't <laughs> even know what to say. If she didn't use that snow, <laughs> people listening at home, you didn't see the video, she takes two mugs, and there's, like a, like, a stack of about eight to ten inches of snow in her car, and she fills the mugs with the snow. The next thing you see is her inside with the two mugs full of snow. Julia is purporting that between the, the, the filling of the actual mugs with snow outside and then to inside, that she then, what, had, had like, a Hawaiian shaved ice machine in her home? <laughs> or like, maybe it was, like... What you're saying doesn't even make any sense. She scraped off the side of the freezer? Cleaner snow from somewhere else? Wait, it wasn't, like, on her car? No! First of all, I think that your conspiracy theory is absolutely insane and unfounded <laughs> and makes no sense whatsoever. So let's just put that to the side for okay. a second. If it is actual snow, which I can't even believe I'm entertaining the fact that it could not be, I still think it's very clean. It's like rainwater. Rain's dirty. Rain's like Fine. Dirty. But, but I just I just don't feel like like if, if I drop some food on the ground, I'll pick it up and eat it. Sure. You know what I mean? Like I don't think whatever. she's like getting diseases. Yeah, I think snow. she'll be fine. Agreed. You know, and I think that I think eating snow, personal food news quickly. We, I grew up in the Northeast, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. We used to go to the, like one of those places where they make like syrup, like tap trees, and you see that the trees like cool. actually get tapped, and, and you they put they just grab snow, 
put the syrup on the snow and it's like the best thing I've ever had in my life. And that sounds good. And, yeah, it's like shaved it was, ice. And I was never thinking about like, oh, well, maybe there's pollutants and, and bio inside the snow. I wasn't worried about it either. Yeah, it's not a thing. People are really worried about it on TikTok. Though. Yeah, you shouldn't be worried about it. She's I'm fine. more worried about her, um, the consistency of the syrups mixed with the snow. Doesn't They don't like blend together well. Um, and then you put the cold mm, brew in there and it's going gonna, it's gonna to melt some of the snow because the more liquid. I just felt like, I, just didn't, I didn't like her recipe, to be honest with you. She was just doing it for the, for the, the feedback and here we yeah. are. She's gotten it. Because I also saw a bunch of other videos online of other people making snow-related dishes that were much better. Oh, interesting. Like what? Um, so condensed milk. It's like, oh, it's like yeah. A lot of like, you don't go to a, like a Korean restaurant uh-huh. and they have those like shaved ices. Yeah. So it's more of that kind of a vibe. Like a boba tea type of thing. No, not at all. But sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Let's move on to today's taste test. It's insane. I'm excited. My brother, Joey, sent me a bottle of Almave. It's a distilled, non-alcoholic, blue agave spirit from Lewis Hamilton, one of the greatest athletes of our time and the man who was robbed of an eighth world championship in Formula One. So this is non-alcoholic tequila. Non-alcoholic tequila. From Lewis Hamilton. From Lewis Hamilton. A driver of, of, from F1. So, yes, it is made from the same blue agave plant as tequila, but it is not fermented, like tequila, which tequila is. And that's why it's not alcoholic, and that's what makes a difference. So we're going to try it. We're going to try shots. What are we doing first? And we got some margarita mix. Um, to, I'm gonna start doing stuff. I, I'm just like nervous because I hate shots and I don't like drinking anymore. And so I'm like, is this gonna burn do, my throat we'll, much like tequila? We'll do baby shots. But I'm I am also excited to try it. How it, does it, it smell, Jacoby? It smells like tequila with like vanilla syrup. He launched Lewis launched this back in October, like at the same weekend as the Mexico City Grand Prix. And he became sober like a year and a half ago. So that's what led him to do it. And he's like been very involved, like very, very involved in the making of it. I read, really? an, art- I read an article about Vogue. I read an article about it in Vogue that said he's sort of like the George Clooney of this. Like George Clooney he's- is to Casamigos as Lewis Hamilton is to Almave. I don't believe that for a second. Well, how I- involved can he be? I do. I believe it. How closely do you follow Lewis? What? How not, close? not close. I follow him very closely. He's very earnest. I think a lot of it is BS, of course. But like, I just think that he actually does care about a lot of this stuff and doesn't want to give his name to things that he doesn't care about. Um, so I I believe it. Also, apparently, at the time that he released this in October, he hadn't had a drink in four months. So perhaps he's looking for something to drink. Okay. I. You've poured us shots and we've made margarita with margarita mix. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited to try it. What should I do first? The shot or the margarita? I think we do the shot first because I don't want that to influence how we feel about if we drink it post-margarita. Great point. All right, cheers. It smells gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I do this before or after? Right after. Um. Okay. It it it's uh. Oh, interesting. It's like flavored water. It's like juice. It tastes to me like flavored water. Like it has none of the bite mm. back or like none taking of the bite. a shot. Like you kind of, you're like, you're ready. I'm for like, like, do I need the, the lime? I've, been, like, no, I've I don't. been taking shots for longer than I care to admit. And I'm always, there's always a little bit of like, especially the first one of the day. There's always a little fear. Here at two o'clock. Yeah. You're, you're always like a little scared. You're always just like, oh God, this yeah. is going to bite back at me. I got to like fight it. This is going to be a bad experience. And I had that. It's, it, it was like, um, this is the guy, the feeling of putting virtual reality goggles on and then bouncing on a balance beam and then falling off and be like, oh, wait, I forgot. This 
I'm fine. That, yeah, I'm fine. I was on the floor the whole time. That's what it felt like. It's kind of like a weird mental trick because yeah. I was like really. Ex- it smells like it, but it doesn't taste like it at all. You're right. It, it, it does taste like, like vanilla water, kind of. Yeah, it does go down smooth. Someone DM me when I first got this. I put a picture of it on my Instagram, and someone said it's really good over ice. I could see that where it'd be like good for sipping over ice. Yes. Um. And also, but I don't know if I'd want to mix it with like juice or anything. It has much more of a taste so than tequila. after we sip this margarita and discuss it, I have a quick question for you about this product. This is good. This is good. If you like margarita mix, this is good. Yeah, that's um. It's like a vanilla e margarita. It's very. It's like a boring. Mar- it's like a limeade. It tastes like a limeade. Yeah. It's limeade. It's good. It's okay. I'm going to cross so, with beverages right now. Okay, uh, 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 hold on. Can we, can we get back to that in one second? Sure. Let me just put a button on this whole Almave conversation by asking you a simple question about okay. this, right? And I've been thinking about this a long time. I'm on my way over here since I knew we were going to taste this. Here's my question. Why? <laughs> why? Like, why? I, I don't... I, this is gets to my crossroads. Like... What is the point of a flavored beverage if it's not, like, getting you caffeinated or drunk or hydrated? Like, are you just supposed to just enjoy? Holy shit, Julia. Like. You just went, you, you just went <laughs> nuclear on beverages? I, are you having an existential crisis? Yeah, beverage You're a queen. beverage queen. Beverage yeah. queen. <laughs> what is going on? Are you okay? Do you have to extend the podcast by, like, an hour and a half and talk about this? You're I, the beverage person. I know. And I'm, I'm having, like, a confusion. I'm just like, what's the point? <laughs> okay, I, I think you nailed it in the question. The point is to get hydrated, drunk, or stay awake. <laughs> yeah, and so the, everything else, I'm just like, why not just have water? Like, if well, it, it's mostly just about hydration. Uh, and for me, it's like number one, caffeination. Number two, hydration. Number three, alcoholization. It's yes. very further down three. Um, so I don't know what to do with this kind of thing. I mean, also, like, I don't feel like I'm missing out right now by, like, not drinking that much. Like, if I go no. out for dinner, I'll have a glass of wine. But, like, I'm not like, damn, I really miss drinking. I'm just like, I'm not really into it right now. Yeah, and and also, it's <laughs> from a caloric standpoint, I wonder that sometimes. Well, this is low-cal. It this, is low-cal, which is helpful. Yeah, this is 20, which is way lower than tequila. It's 20 calories I think if you're truly a sober person, right? And, and it was, like, a struggle, like, an addiction struggle. No, and you were on a trip to Mexico, mm. and you had this bottle with you. I think it would be a nice way to sort of have shots at dinner or to sort of feel like part of the part party. Of the, part of the mix. Yeah. If you, or, or if you just kind of like gave it to the kitchen. We're like, listen, I'm, I'm 10 years sober, but I do want to like order margaritas and have right. like that sort the of social like experience. Yeah, I could see that being a thing. Right. Because I was thinking like, do people like the taste of alcohol? It's never occurred to me until no. like very recently. I think... The people like how it tastes. I don't think... I think inherently that cigarettes alcohol and coffee all taste bad but we just just get used to sort of like the experience Diet Coke's of them. like that too. Yeah. seconds interesting because yeah i just feel like if, if alcohol wasn't so it wasn't like contraband when you're younger and like let's get fucked up i'm like would i care about it at all oh yeah i think if you like if someone grew up in the wild like a feral child was like 25 and came to society and you were like hey take a shot of vodka they'd be like what they'd be like, what Why? the fuck <laughs> yeah and you're like smoke this thing and inhale it they'd be like is this torture you're torturing me <laughs> Do people like beer? Like, you know, the people are like really into like craft beer. Again, I I do like beer, but I might just like beer because someone told me to like beer when I was like 16. Sometimes it does hit the spot. But I was just thinking like if I were trying to blend in at a party, I would get 
club soda and lime and be like, oh, it's, yeah. it's just, you know, I'm doing my thing. Yeah, on nights I don't drink, um, and I'm a morning show, so there's a lot more of them now. <laughs> um, it, it's uh, it's uh, soda water and bitters. Interesting. It's, it's because it's like locale, it tastes good, and it like kind of looks cocktail-y, yeah. so you're not just kind of like advertising the That's fact nice. that you're not drinking. Right, yeah. right. And okay, well, well, we'll come back to this existential question. Maybe this is my 2024 journey. I know. I'm, I'm concerned. Can we, can we talk offline about this? <laughs> Sorry, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> Was this my personal food news? Should we just go straight to listener food news? Yes. Am I allowed to have personal food news? Sure. Okay, this is something I know it's very important to you. Okay, oh. and I'm gonna keep this. I'm gonna keep this brief. One thing that that you and my wife share is um, a, oh, I know a love and an this. over analysis of grocery, grocery stores. stores and grocery store experiences. And my wife recently found Stu Leonard's. Yes, wonderful. And she has not stopped talking about Stu Leonard's ever since. Stu Leonard's is awesome. And there's a big like Wegmans movement here, and I feel like Wegmans is being outflanked by Stu Leonard's right now. I don't know why Stu Leonard's isn't in New York City, but it's like when I would visit my camp friends, like going to Stu Leonard's was like a really big deal because it's in Westchester. What is so great about it? Um, they It's like big. It feels kind of like a theme store, a theme park of grocery stores. They just like, it's just like, it's clean. They have a lot of really good store brand food. I don't, it's sort of like if Costco was actually a grocery store and not like a wholesaler. And you're just like, I'm going to get socks. I, I well, she loved it. And for another brief grocery store thing, because I know you love grocery stores, you know, Sprouts in Los Angeles. Of course, yeah. It's a good, good grocery store. Yeah. Like a really good grocery store chain. It's a Los Angeles thing. I'm watching Blow Deck Mediterranean, mm. another love of ours. And um, one of the, the stews, who's an absolute just, she is so dumb. She cannot Which make one? a bed. Brooke in the new uh. season. Um, her dad created Sprouts. Oh, yeah. And so we had this whole conversation. We're like, why is she making beds on a yacht when her dad invented Sprouts? Like, I think it's all good to, like, have a job starting from the bottom. But you don't have to be, like, making beds and cleaning toilets. I guess she wants to just travel. Good um, for her. Another just brief side note about the season of Below Deck. Not enough luxury. What the fuck are they doing? The boat's big, but it's ugly. It's like an industrial It tanker. looks like a library from 1935. And Genoa is not like a luxury port. No, no and when Genoa. they go to Portofino, it's definitely off-season. It's, it's like empty and cold and weird. It's like, what is going on with this season of med? I'm like very yeah. concerned. Yeah, it's not nice. It's There's no luxury. This is actually a, pro a problem. I want luxury on my reality TV. Thank you. And if you are not rich... Let's put you on a it, different show, but not on Bravo. Well, it's also like, I if I want to look at, I want to watch the show and be like, imagine how I would behave if I um, was on a yacht. Shout out to our caller who asked that exact question. <laughs> it's like, I, and I want to put myself in their shoes. And if I was in their shoes, I'd be like. I'd like to get off. I'd be like, this is a big boat. It's big. Love the size of this boat. Huge, yeah. However, it, lo it looks like Cher designed it in 1978. It's it it's like retrofit to be like a luxury crystal yacht. chandeliers and, and shit. It's like what are we doing? It's really bad. And then you so also, much wood everywhere, dark would, woods. Would have to be around Captain Sandy. That's a no. All right. What'd you say about Captain Sandy? That you have to be around her and no what? thanks. I don't like Captain. One Sandy. thing I would never do if I was on the yacht is I would never invite the captain to dinner. Like, I'm good. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to hear your origin story. I don't story. want the captain's attention. It's always yeah. like, oh, the captain's. Right? It's like, yeah, oh, we're fine. I, I don't care. Yeah, I'm here with my friends. Yeah. Can I have? Can I have a? Can you get some snow from Reese Witherspoon? <laughs> Pour some chocolate syrup on it. <laughs> Let's go to our listener food news. Hi, this is Courtney and Keely. We're coming from Oakland and we had a story for you. So there's this gas station where we both get gas a lot. Um, and every time we go there, there's a handwritten sign in the window that they're selling sushi. And we used to always joke about it. Um, like, oh my God, I would never eat sushi from a gas station. But then we were looking for a sushi restaurant online and saw a review that people actually really recommended this place. Um, we still haven't tried it, though. 
So our question for you is, like, what would it take for you to go eat sushi at this gas station? Would you trust, like, a friend's opinion, a Yelp review? And then what sort of food and business pairing would be an absolute no-go for you? Like, would you eat fish at a movie theater? No. Or... I'm, That's a great example that? of a no. Yeah. We're at a gas station. <laughs> anyway, we love you. <laughs> Bye. Wow. Okay. This is great. I I, I have something very relevant to this. this Do you, can we, can we just call, we're going in overtime today. Sorry. We're we're 40 minute pod this Sorry. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get the clock you know, anymore. Kathy it's a Hilton, great question. Kathy she just like, gave us a lot. I was uh, saying when we got yeah. stuck on the Hiltons, but whatever. Keely and Courtney. Love them. Me too. So... When we lived in L.A., there was, like, this super Walgreens in Hollywood that had a sushi bar and a sushi chef. Mm. And the Walgreens had really good sushi. It was, like, a place to get sushi. And so I think that the bar for sushi varies depending on what kind of fish. A lot of sushi has cooked fish. So if it's cooked, I would say, like, 100% give it a shot. If it's, like, crab, imitation crab, like, definitely try it. If it's... I don't know, like sashimi is supposed to be like grade A. I would be a little bit nervous about that, but I would like to know about this this gas station sushi. Could you guys try it I, and get back to no, us? First I, I'm of curious. All, I a couple things. Number one, the fact that they're in like the Oakland area makes me believe in this sushi more mm. because I think when I think sushi at NorCal is one of the places in the states, sort of like that, the Pacific Northwest and Northern California are places that I associate with good sushi. And if this was a gas station in Iowa, like no, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anywhere landlocked, no. Yeah. But that, then I started thinking about it. I'm also thinking about it. It's like this is actually like. If let's just imagine that it is the proprietor of the gas station has a, a sushi a sh- sushi chef friend. Or, like this could be a or, this yeah. could be a gold. This could be an totally. absolute like diamond in the rough that could spread by word of mouth and be. And the restaurant makes so much more money than the gas station does. And this could be like a really cool thing. Also, it's like in how in like Hawaii how most of the really good food is like in trucks and it's like not actually yeah. like at a restaurant. Like some places, it's not at an invisible restaurant or a real restaurant, you know? I think it was Courtney who asked an appropriately uh, good follow-up question for us. It's like, what are your barriers of entry? Like, what data has to get into your brain and soul before you decide, yes, I'm going to the gas station sushi sushi spot? And for me, it would be, I would have to have a, a, a guinea pig, a canary in the in the coal mine. Someone would have to go that is not me, eat the sushi, come back, and I'm waiting like three days before I even talk to them, and then them <laughs> tell me that it was a good experience before I went in. Yeah, I think I need a, a personal testimonial. Yes. And like a lot of reviews A online. lot of online reviews. Yeah. Yeah, and, lo- and maybe even like a blog piece. It or has like to a, already sort of be like tiktok Or like a food Instagram type of thing yes. or something like, like that. It has to be kind of co-signed by human beings that this is actually good this. sushi. I want to be part of the movement, but I don't. Exactly. I don't want to be. I, I, I'll a be an early. Person. I'll be an early adapter. Yeah. Adopter. <laughs> early adopter. Early adopter. It's not early adopter. Are you sure? I'm positive. It's an early adopter. I'm 100 percent sure. Okay. I don't need to Google it. You've already said positive and 100 percent sure, but I'm not there yet. All right, you can Google it after. No, I'm sure I'll be wrong. And we'll address it next week. <laughs> thank you so much, Courtney and Keely. We love yeah, hearing from you. Call, yeah, Courtney that was awesome. Um, thank you to our producers, Ronick Nair and Mike Wargon. We'll be back next week.